Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Compassion Before Judgment podcast. Welcome to the show. The podcast is hosted by my mom, Jagdeep Hare. Hello, everybody. I am here today with Ashley Cruz, who is a certified event planner, yoga teacher, and Reiki practitioner. And she's the owner of Ashley Cruz Events, an inclusive event planning company that specializes in conscious events and wellness retreats. Her mission is to create impactful experiences that leave people feeling inspired, nurtured, and connected to something bigger than themselves. She's particularly interested in the intersection of wellness and social justice and envisions a culture that embraces community care over self-care in the name of collective liberation. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. To- oh, thank you so much for being here. I'm, I'm so excited to have the listeners uh, listen to what you are going to share with us today. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you are from, what got you to where you are today, and uh, let's go from there. Yeah, so I mean, I guess we'll start with the fact that I am an event planner. That's what I do, and that's my background. And uh, I'm here in Edmonton, Alberta, on Treaty 6 territory, which I think is important to note. And yeah, my events journey, I mean, it started kind of like a lot of other event planners that I know, you know, we all kind of fall into this path. No one really grows up thinking, I'm going to be an event planner. So (laughs) for me... I can back it up a little more. My background is actually interior design. That's what I originally went to school for and did for the first few years of my career. And in that time, I I worked for a large design company and ended up doing the events because that's just kind of how it happens. So I was on a few committees for social events. I was doing our holiday parties and things like that. And I just found that I enjoyed doing that even more than job so uh, of course I I researched it and was like oh like can I do this and you know actually get paid to do it like full time (laughs) is is an event planner a thing and sure enough it is so I went back to school and got my event management certificate and made the big transition that was in 2017 a few years now that uh, I've been doing events full time and yeah, I love it. Uh, you know, just gathering people, that is really where my superpower is. I have this fundamental belief that when people gather, magic happens. It's just so exciting to be a part of that. Absolutely. I love that. And and it all starts with the belief and the, you know, believing that we can do something and making that difference. And then it's right before our eyes. So that is amazing. Definitely. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. So then how did you get into like you're you're into like the social justice and all of that? I'd love for you to go into that a little bit and um and tell us how does that tie in with what you do or do you like, you know, how tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I mean there's kind of been a bridge there of getting into wellness and then getting into social justice as I've kind of niched it down from general events into wellness retreats and experiences and then into having a social justice lens on top of all that. So for me it's definitely been a journey as I think it is for most people. 
where especially in the time that I was transitioning into the events industry, it was just go, 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 hustle, you know, do all the things to to really break out into the industry. So, of course, I, I went through a period of adrenal fatigue and then total burnout uh, recently, actually. So right. I've really been I've been lessons myself that I want to share with others which I think is it's quite powerful because when I organize these these wellness retreats and experiences like it really is the medicine that I have needed that I now want to share with others and through that it's really been defining who are those others right are is it diverse and inclusive and all of those things that are so important and they always have been to me but I think especially in this past year that we've gone through it's really been top of mind for for a lot of us and I really want to be the change in that regard especially as someone who gathers people together it's just so important to realize that's that's all people not just a select group of people that I want to reach Right. And I love what you just said. I mean, it's so important for us to be, you know, to recognize this is what I need. Because when we come from a place of experience, life experience or those dark moments, that's when we have those breakthroughs and we can help others do that, right? Support them in their journey. Whereas if it's kind of textbook knowledge, it's just not the same as bringing life experience to the table. Definitely. It's through these alternative healing modalities, you know, things like Reiki that have inspired me to bring that into retreats and then become a Reiki practitioner myself. Like it's really been the journey of what have I used all, you know, starting with yoga as it has been for so many. Um, And then really deepening my practice through doing my 200 hour yoga teacher training just for, you know, personal reasons, but bringing all that experience into the events that I do. So it's really beautifully come together for me. And of course, it started from a place of, yeah, like adrenal fatigue and burnout, which is unfortunate. But without going through that, I wouldn't really get it. I wouldn't really get the importance of having this holistic wellness lens on everything that I do. Yeah, that is beautiful. I mean, yeah, it's it's unfortunate that we do have to go through those moments. But those are the moments where there's the breakthrough. And then you know, you, you almost turn that, that pain into, you know, what, what you're going to shine and, and bring into the world. So that is amazing. So with your events, um, your retreats and all of that. So have you been doing them online with the pandemic? Or have you just kind of put them on hold? And you're getting back into them now? Is online in the beginning. So the interesting thing for my business itself, I actually launched on March 5th, 2020, which for anyone who is familiar with that date, that was the date of the first COVID case here in Alberta. So uh, didn't really go according but it went according to a new plan and that was super exciting. So yeah, Yeah. I had some in-person retreats and yoga festivals and things like that for the summer of 2020 and it was all gone overnight but rather than dwelling in that I just took the new opportunities that came so it was you know within weeks of everything shutting down I did a virtual wellness retreat at the end of March and then I did another one in May and it was just so amazing to be able to bring people together like that and across borders too like I had speakers from the states and across Canada things that I wouldn't have been able to do had those events been in person I mean I could have it just might have been a little more expensive you know so the 
ability and things like that are what I chose to really focus on. And it was a learning journey for me because I never set out to do virtual events. That wasn't even on my radar. So now I learned through doing and now I have a whole new skill set to bring to my retreats that as we definitely go back to in person because there are certain experiences you can't replicate online but still having maybe a hybrid element there so that I can bring people from all over the world whether it's to speak or attend right on both sides having that accessibility I think is so powerful so I really do think we're set up to have even better events coming out the other side of this that take the best of both worlds where we can gather in person and still have worldwide reach if we want to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what do you do in these retreats that you do? What like if someone was to attend, what what is the you know, what can they find in there? What do you do? Yeah, so it's really evolved from how I envisioned it at the beginning where, you know, simple yoga retreats and healthy food, which is absolutely still the core of of what I want to bring to the world for sure. But really looking at it with a more holistic lens. So for example, in both my virtual wellness retreats, we, you know, we talked about mental health and we, we talked about the importance of routines and things like that, especially when everyone's worlds were kind of being shaken up at the beginning. And, you know, a lot of like alternative modalities like Ayurveda uh, I brought in and it was just so nice to have more retreat that you might think of when you think of these things um and I also brought in like financial experts because financial wellness is often a big piece that's missing from these conversations right right? like yeah there's there's certain things that we can't just meditate away there's certain things that we need to actually have deeper discussions about so you know we had the yoga and the meditation and we also had the hard talks about mental health and resilience and, and finances and to me that is holistic wellness And then as it's evolved, that's kind of where the social justice piece has been coming in to take it even further and and more beyond ourselves. So this is where I get really passionate over conversations that are kind of care balancing community care, right? Because we don't hear as much about community care as we do self-care, right? And self-care is so important. I am not (laughs) by any means saying that it's not especially for those of us in those stages of adrenal fatigue and burnout, self-care like is the most important thing we can do. However, (laughs) there's been this intense focus on self-care to the detriment of our communities. And I think that's somewhere where we have room for improvement, right? It's become so much like self, self, self that we've forgotten that we're actually social creatures. And I mean, I know this pandemic (laughs) has, we've obviously hit there, but we've, we've forgotten the community aspect of coming together and really taking care of each other. And that's something that happens in retreats that I also want to see go beyond the retreat and into the community and really be inclusive of everybody. So it's having those conversations that again, are sometimes, you know, difficult to have, but I really think it makes us better when we have them and when we do include everybody and, when we look at these holistic wellness practices that often, you know, they do not originate in the West, two of the obvious ones that are close to me, you know, yoga and Reiki, like those are practices that have become very Westernized. (laughs) And that's so great that they've been shared with us, obviously, and they were, but we've lost the roots a little bit. I think there's, we have such an opportunity 
there to really remember that and, you know, cultural appreciation of these practices within our communities. And that is where the power of them is. They're meant to be practiced alone. So I really want to bring that in like at the forefront of any of the events and retreats that I do, having that lens of community and cultural appreciation, especially in the wellness space. Right. That's amazing. I think, um, from my personal experience, what I found is it's people find it hard to reach out, you know, in those times, whether it's um, they need the support or they want to give the support. And then also it it comes down to if people are open to it. Right. So that's why I think the self care seems like, OK, this is something I can control. I can control myself. But with others, it's putting yourself out there or also. Um, asking for support, which is something I know that a lot of, I don't want to say just women, I think just people in general um, have trouble reaching out and asking for support. So when we normalize this and, you know, we, we talk about it, we put it out there, it allows others to know it's okay to reach out. And, and you know, it's, it's not going to get held over my head because there was something I heard and it really made me think how true it was that why, why is it that we hold back from reaching out or, or speaking to others? At some point in our life, we have reached out and, you know, it's either been held over our head or we've been like, you know, we've been shunned for it or we've had to pay a price for it. So what do we do? We kind of go, you know what, I'm just going to not ask for help or I'm just not going to put myself out there. But it's it's to make it normal and just know it's okay you know it's okay to ask for help it's okay to give that support and community like you said is so important because we definitely can do more in numbers than we can do on our own but it's finding the right people who are all kind of wanting to you know they all have the same the vision or the beliefs or whatever they want to do we 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 come together and we create and we just there's so much expansion in that Absolutely. So much of what you said on point, right? And that's kind of where, where my journey was too, like not asking for help when I needed it. So of course I burnt out. So I can understand kind of, you know, all the perspectives that come into this space. And I really want to be able to serve all those needs of, you know, there's people coming in that are just so burnt out, they can't even envision something bigger than themselves, right? So like, right. let's take care of those needs. And at the time, we're in this immense moment of collective change right so we need people to be taking care of themselves to actually be a part of that movement towards yeah. a better future right like we can't do it if we're all burnt out so it's it's really having that balance of what do you do for yourself to really fill your cup right to right. use the cliche but what are you doing beyond yourself that's bigger than yourself and and what does that mean to you because it means something different to everybody right maybe it's just being connected to source or spirit or whatever you want to call it, but also being connected to community because we're, we're not to be silos. And I see the industry, right? We're told we can solve it ourselves with our own <laughs> positive thoughts. And right. I, appreci I appreciate the sentiment, but it doesn't actually work that way in real life. So those are the spaces I want to create, those safe spaces, those brave spaces, um, I think is the word. That's amazing. Yeah. So what are some um, yeah, so things that you use for yourself and in your own life, like whether it comes to the self-care 
or like, you know, what, what you're putting out there? What are some things that you can share with us that we can kind of learn from you? I mean, I'll preface this by saying I'm not perfect. I don't get it right every time, but I try. <laughs> I do try to be strong in my own self-care practices because I know. I know what happens when I don't. Yeah. Um, so for me, like I am a big believer in having a strong morning routine and evening routine. And this doesn't have to be, you know, a big, long thing, especially for people that don't love routines, right? Yeah. It can be as simple as five minutes. So for me, I love waking up in the morning, pouring like making my tea. I have an altar. Um, so I sit there and I'll pull a tarot card or an oracle card or maybe a few to start my day. And that is the most inspiring, grounding start to my day when I stay true to that practice. And it can be, it can be five minutes, I just pull a card and kind of think about it and meditate on it for a few minutes. Or I pull a card and I journal about it for half an hour, right, depending on right. the time that I have. So it's really versatile that way. And I mean, that's me. I love my cards. I know that resonates a lot. Full. Sometimes when I have more time, I love starting the day with yoga because I know that if I wait till the end of the day, it's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> I never do it after work. But if I do it in the morning, then it happens. And that often looks like 15 minutes for me. And that's something that I really realizing, okay, it doesn't always have to be a full hour, right? It can be 15 right. minutes. And that is so much more powerful than not doing it at all. Um, that is moments, great. Yeah. Yeah. Moments of, you know, silence or meditation, whatever that means to, to different people. I find that to be powerful. Again, 30 seconds, one minute, it <laughs> doesn't have to be a big 20 minute practice. And these are ways to fit it in and, and kind of habit stack it. Like for me, I always right. make my tea in the morning. Like I start my day with tea, right? I know for a lot of people that's coffee and that's great. So what can you do with that to bring in a moment for yourself to start your day on a high note, right? Can you have a moment of meditation right when you have your warm cup of coffee in your hands? That's where it starts and then it can blossom into so much more. Right. It's, it's just those little moments to really cherish those little moments because we always think that practices have to be such a big thing and you don't have to sit and meditate for 45 minutes or an hour but no it's just the little day-to-day -day things that we do that you know become those little rituals and just whatever makes us feel good it could be going for a walk it could be anything that whatever nourishes your soul and feels good for you like you said it's going to be different for everybody so that's yeah. great and that's a good yeah. point about getting outside and one that I've been doing a lot more of especially this year because you know we were all cooped up inside last year and just getting outside for a walk I live really close to the river valley and I just feel so recharged every time I do that so yeah and yeah, again absolutely. short walk sometimes it's you know 20 minutes sometimes it's four hours <laughs> it all depends right, on right. the day but what you need exactly yeah, but remember, and I think it's it, it's Hold listening on. to the listening to what you need, right? There's no right or wrong. There's no boxes to tick off because we can really get caught in, you know, what I should be doing, you know, what's right, right. what's wrong. But I, I mean, everybody has you've got to do what's right for you. And there, there's no right or wrong. It's just you just do it. <laughs> Sometimes we get so stuck in story and we're so stuck in, well, is this right? Is this wrong? And we waste that time of actually doing it because we're so stuck in well, what should I do? What should I not do? Just do it. Just do anything that feels good for you. 
And don't worry about how anybody else is going to judge that because it's all about bringing it back to yourself. What do I need in this moment? Not what does anyone else need from me, but what do I need for myself? Because we can only give out what we have within. So if we're not giving ourselves that compassion and that love and that nourishment, it's going to be pretty hard to give to others. And then if we do give from that empty or exhaustion, we're just going to, it's going to turn into bitterness and resentfulness and all of that. So it's really important to come back to self and go, okay, what do I need? And when we can fill our own cup, it's so much easier to give from the overflow. Yes. And that's so important for any of us involved in any type of social justice movement, right? Like how strong foundation. So that's why I believe it really does have to be a balance of that self-care and community care. We can't swing from one to the other and forget, right? We need to be somewhere in that happy middle, which will fluctuate, right? Because life, <laughs> that's just life. It will, yeah. it will move. But if we can find that sweet spot, I really think, you know, we'll have stronger selves and stronger communities. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Um, so if someone did want to connect with you and, and learn more about, you know, what you're doing out in the community um, or to work with you one on one, um, where would be the best place for them to connect with you? Yeah, so I do have a just AshleyCruiseEvents.com. Uh, I'm also active on Instagram and Facebook, just at AshleyCruiseEvents. And I have my personal Instagram as well, at Ashley K.A. Cruz. That's where I share kind of, you know, a lot more about what's going on in day-to-day -day life and, and my values and, and things that I'm doing. Um, but yeah, you can find me at any of those, really. I'm always, <laughs> always available for a chat. Perfect. So I will add all of those into the show notes. And if the listeners want to take a look at what you're doing or they want to add into anything that you're doing or, you know, get involved, and they can connect with you that way. And um, and you can work together or whatever, whatever anybody is called to do, it'd be great. I mean, connect with Ashley, see what she's doing. She's, you know, she's out there making a move, making a change, you know, and, and that's what she wants to do. So if anybody feels called to connect with her, check her out, see what she's up to and um, and go from there. Yes, and I'm a big fan of collaboration, right? So anyone who wants to collaborate, like, I'm your girl, because I don't claim to have all the answers, nor do I want to do it alone. I, I love that have those same visions that I do. Absolutely, yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Ashley. That was great. It was great getting to know you a little more and connecting with you and just seeing what you're up to in the world and you know, the change that you want to make. So thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all of that with us. Thank me. It was my pleasure. You're so welcome. Have an awesome day. You too. Thank you listeners for tuning in. If you have any suggestions, we would love to hear from you.